Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the Internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Welcome back. Hopefully everyone had a fantastic weekend. And this is, of course, Tim and Julie Harris with Tim and Julie Harris Realtor Coaching. And we're broadcasting live from lovely Austin, Texas. So last week on Friday, we left off our, I think, what was it, Julie, a total of 20 prospecting points or 20 lead generation points? What was the title? Remind me. Julie must be calling in. No problem. So the topic of yesterday, I'm sorry, last Friday's call and the topic of today's radio show is the same. And what we're do, really doing is we're drilling down a lot of the secrets. So a lot of you longtime prospectors may think you know, but we're going to help you get better at what you should know. And also, the fact is, uh, the fact is, is that the uh, prospecting lead generation in today's real estate environment is simply one of the best ways to make money. And let me kind of remind all of you why that's true. So if you were, again, I'm going to go back to my fishing analogy. If you were in the marketplace and you were trying to find sellers, and again, our focus primarily is on finding sellers, buyers are easy to find once you have listings. So let's say you've decided that you're going to be a listing agent, you're going to expand your listing business, and you get into the marketplace and you're going to actually you know, make the determination that I am going to, so here it is, what, the middle of February basically, I am going to take five listings by the end of February or five listings by the end of March or whatever it is. So when you're doing this, you then have made a commitment to yourself, maybe made a commitment to other people you've shared that with, that you will indeed take five listings. Now what do you do? What's the first step in what you should do? That's where things get confusing. That's where a lot of agents get overwhelmed. I won't really, I'm not going to take a lot of time and remind you why it's important to become a listing agent. Hopefully all of you have listened to our previous radio shows, and a lot of you have been with us as coaching clients for a long period of time. You know that in real estate, basically, you have to list the last. Listing agents will control the market forever. Listing agents, agents that really know how to get properties listed, get properties priced right, and get properties obviously sold, they are without a doubt the most important thing to this long-term, lasting, sustainable real estate recovery. And here's the other thing. You show me a single agent in any marketplace that is making what would be considered great money, and you'll determine what that is depending on your perspective, but any kind of reasonable income. And I guarantee you that a majority of their business will be coming from listings, not from buyer sides. So, again, if you want to be more convinced of the importance of becoming a listing agent, go back and listen to our previous radio shows. So focusing now on what you can be doing to become a listing agent has to be your number one priority, has to be your number one concern, but then you feel overwhelmed. You're not sure what steps to take first. You're not really sure what to do. It's understandable. And then what you do, a lot of agents will do, is they then start exposing themselves to all these little schemes and silver bullets. And I mean, a lot of them are very scammy ideas on how to take listings. They're all kind of cutesy, maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. Usually they involve Internet advertising, or usually they involve direct mail postcards, those types of things. The reason that those things really are ineffective for the most part is because, frankly, the ideas are ill-conceived. The concept here is if you were to go directly to sellers who already told you they had to sell their houses, these obviously would be the expires, the FISBOs, 
the notice of defaults, and again, we went through the long list on Friday, so make sure you list, uh, listen to that show again. The point of it is, is you have to go directly to the sellers that actually have to sell, opposed to just hoping and praying that your postcard that you've just mailed out to 5,000 people will find on the correct day and the exact moment that they're thinking about selling will, will land in their hand and find them motivated to call you. There are too many moving parts to any kind of marketing piece when you're actually determined, remember your goal was to take five listings, for example, maybe it's 50, maybe it's 15, whatever your goal is, in the next, say, 30 to 45 days. Assuming that's your goal, you have to do whatever it takes to be in front of the sellers who are absolutely positively ready to sell, not the ones that maybe are thinking about selling or just, you know, really are time wasters. So hopefully everyone understands this concept. Now, in your marketplace right now, you know, it's funny, as I, as I talk about this, I'm replaying so many of these coaching calls I've had, with, especially with newer agents or agents who are essentially thinking like newer agents, even though they've had their licenses for a long time, who are convinced that there's no inventory, who are convinced that there's no houses for sale, who are convinced that really that there's no opportunity for them. So as, if you are suffering from that, I challenge you again to go to listen to our previous radio shows, or if you're one of our coaching students, Ask your coach to review the, something like 30 ways to generate listing leads without paying for them. And uh, if you're one of my personal coaching students, you are already doing all these things. So the first thing you have to do is you have to remove the idea from your mind that there is any lack of listing opportunity in any market. And yes, those of you in San Francisco, those of you in San Jose, those of you in Manhattan, those of you in some of the other areas where things are seemingly selling themselves overnight, I'm talking to you. I promise you, even in the hottest markets in the country, there are hundreds of homeowners, property owners that need to sell now that are not going to call you unless you know how to call them and know what to say. So at the end of the day, lead generating, over-the-phone lead generating using our scripts, essentially knowing how to call these folks, knowing what to say when you call them, knowing how to overcome their objections, going through our very simple-to-follow process when you do prospect these guys, Knowing how to use scripts and techniques that, frankly, are designed for this era, not for the 1970s, that makes all the difference. I mean, imagine this, okay? I want you to think about this for a second. Let's say today, for whatever reason, you have to buy a new refrigerator. Your old refrigerator breaks. You just decide that you no longer want a green refrigerator or whatever it is. You decide you want to buy a new refrigerator. So what's the process that you go through to deciding what refrigerator to buy? Usually, nowadays, people are going to go and maybe research something online, look for sales, maybe look for brands. Maybe you decide you want a stainless steel sub-zero refrigerator, so you're going to check out prices. Then after that, you know, you've done your research. Then after that, you're going to go to usually virtual stores. Sometimes you'll go to a local store. But basically, that's how your process works. And then after that, you come in contact with a salesperson. And then usually, assuming that salesperson is selling a product you like at a price you're willing to pay, then that's the guy who or gal who gets your commission, gets your sale. Everyone can agree that it's a typical process that most people follow when purchasing just about anything. Well, the same thing holds true when people are trying to decide which agent to hire for the, for the job of being their listing agent. Exact same process. I need to sell my house today. Okay, how do I go about finding an agent? You know, generally speaking, if people know an agent, that's the agent that they're generally going to want to call. But unless that agent were to call them, guess what? They're going to skip right over that agent's name. And if you don't think what I'm telling you with that little comment is true, how many of your centers of influence and past clients have listed with somebody else or have bought a house through somebody else, even though that you were mailing them things like forget-me-not seeds in April? 
right? So a simple mailer or an email is no longer enough because people get too much crap in the mail and too much crap in the email. Those things have become ineffective. They just have. You can't really argue at that point. So then what happens? Again, the same process. People will do their research online. People will focus in on a particular agent or particular brokerage, and then they start calling people out to interview and go through the process. That's how it works. You guys know this, and if not, well, that's how it works. Now you do. If you know already what sellers are out there researching right now, which listing agents to hire or whom to interview for the job of selling their homes, if you could determine quickly and effortlessly who those people were and call them as they're going through the sort of mental checklist of how to go about determining which agent to hire, if you knew, if you had that list of people that were ready to put their houses for sale or in the early stages of putting their houses for sale, you have an unbelievable advantage in the marketplace, don't you? Well, that's what over-the-phone prospecting is all about. It's that simple. It's not any more complicated than that. I mean, if you think about it, this is really the sharpest end of the stick for any business. It does not matter if you're a chiropractor, if you're a dentist, or if you're a car salesman, or if you're the guy selling refrigerators. If, you, if the guy selling refrigerators had a list in front of him of all the people in his community within, like, say, a 50-mile radius that that day had decided to buy a refrigerator, how many more refrigerators could that guy sell? If the chiropractor today, you know, he has there's local chiropractors, there's local pie store makers, there's local dry cleaners, there's local whatevers. If those folks had an exact list of who it was that would need their product or service within the next 30 days, think about how much more money they would make if they were willing to prospect them. Well, so none of those businesses have that type of information. You do. Think about that for a second. Just stop for a moment and think about what I just said. Think about what a brilliant, incredible industry and opportunity you have in front of you. Unlike the guy selling refrigerators, you do have a list of people that are in the market to hire a realtor for the job of selling their home. The refrigerator guy can hope and pray that someone walks in off of his low price or responds to one of his ads, then magically they buy from him. But you've got an actual list of people that have to hire a listing agent. That list comes from where? Expires, for sale by owners. Notice the defaults. And again, we have a list. Our list that we provide for our coaching students is about 30 people long, or 30 sources long. So I want you to think about that, guys. What a huge advantage you have over any other kind of business owner and what you can do right now and how easy it is for you right now to go about, frankly, taking advantage of this marketplace. So we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, Julie and I are going to pick up where we left off last Friday. You're listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. Are you ready to ask Tim and Julie your toughest real estate sales, business, or lead generation question? Call us now at 347-857-1195 or email your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. Now, back to Tim and Julie Harris. Okay, we are back, and Julie, I know you're there and so, Julie, you were just listening, I know, um, to what I was saying about essentially the quickest and easiest ways for these agents, a lot of these agents, to make the leap from maybe being a vanilla agent to a buyer's agent, you know, really all of the, the, the critical nature of all of them learning how to be listing agents. And I was, we were just sort of, you know, sharing with some idea, them some ideas on how you can go about doing it. 
I know we're going to get to the critical uh, – what was the title of today's call again? Remind me. Uh, let's see. The title was, we have 20 different secrets, tips, and money-making items for over-the-phone prospecting. That's right. Okay, so we're going to get to point number 11. And, guys, go back to the call we did on Friday, the radio show we did on Friday, and listen to our first 10 points. So, Julie, before we get to that, I always like to have you share a story that you um, think is um, going to be something that will benefit our listeners. And, by the way, guys, we are well on our way to having 10,000 unique listens by our, at the end of the first 30 days of broadcasting. So I really, really appreciate, A, all of you who have been listening on a regular B, a basis, B, all those of you who have been downloading, which is, by the way, a majority of you, and C, all of you who have been doing as we requested and sharing the news about this radio show with all of your fellow agents. And remember, the homework from every show is to share it with as many people, but I ask all of you to share it with at least 10 people that you know just Facebook it, tweet it, um, send an email out. Help us get the word out so we can help other agents and we can, frankly, really, I think, make it so that agents, people like you, finally have the uh, – they're in the position to realize that this is an agent's market. It's not – honestly, this isn't a broker's market. This isn't a bank's market. This isn't a – any kind. this is an agent's market. This is the opportunity for agents across the country really to seize the opportunity that's in front of them. Uh, Julie and I have always said, and we'll always have this mindset, and it creates a lot of controversy, and frankly, with other, mostly brokers and other coaching companies, but we are the only agent-centric coaching company that there is. What does that mean? It means that all of the coaching that we do, all of the suggestions, all of the marketing, everything we do is designed for the betterment of the agent. So we do not overtly try to create coaching and uh, coaching ideas and, and marketing plans that are going to do anything but benefit the agent first. So you aren't going to hear us talking about things that are going to benefit the broker, or nor are you going to hear about us talk about things that are really going to benefit anybody else other than you. Our job is to give you the tools, the education, and the motivation to, frankly, put money in your pocket through helping people. Because we know that agents are the most important thing in the real estate industry, not brokers, not big ideas, not MLSs, not IDEX feeding sites, not syndication sites, not any of this other stuff that everyone likes to talk about. Nobody likes to talk about the, how important an agent is except us. We are an agent-centric coaching and training organization, and that's the reason a lot of the things that you hear come from us and come from our coaches and all of our other ways that we communicate with you guys seem so different because it is. Most everybody else, that's uh, certainly all of our competitors, what they're going to avoid at all costs is offending Brokers, you know, they're not going to say or do anything that's going to do anything to prevent the brokers from saying, hey, you know, Mike, whoever, come into my office and talk to all of my agents because they live and breathe and thrive off brokers allowing them to have access to their agents, you see. So they're certainly not going to say anything to piss off who they're essentially the brokers, right? Otherwise, they won't have access to you guys to go and do their little speaking gigs. Makes sense, doesn't it? Well, because we're an online company and because we communicate directly with agents, we can skip that political you know, monkey dance, if you will. We don't have to do that. We can tell you guys the truth, and we don't have to run it through a bunch of filters trying to please a bunch of other people whose agendas are not in alignment with you. Now, brokers are listening right now, and some of you guys are going, oh, my gosh, this is in conflict. It's not. What's in conflict is the way you think about your agents, because here's a simple fact is in this industry there's a plague called body shops 
where most brokers thrive off essentially agents getting their licenses, you know, going to the industry with these big high, uh, these dreams, just all kinds of big thoughts, and they're wanting to make their lives better and their families' lives better, and, you know, the excitement you have from starting a new business, starting a new venture. No training, no coaching, no support really to speak of. That's the reason that so many agents wash out in 24 months. That model has been around forever. And what happens is a lot of these traditional brokers know that as soon as you get your real estate license, within a very, you know, 24 months, generally speaking, you will sell maybe five or six houses, if that many, to your centers of influence, your friends, and your family. And then what happens is you fail out of the business, or you essentially stop selling even though your license might still be active, which is the case, unfortunately, with literally hundreds of thousands of agents. They keep their license active just in case something shows up, but they really don't sell anything. Whereas the reality of it is, is if that whole model, that whole body shop mindset were to be tossed out and we were to instead focus on making individual agents better and making individual agents be really the most important thing and really be finally honest with this industry and realize that strong, powerful, well-educated agents make a strong, powerful, very, very healthy housing market, that's where it starts. Julie and I are 100% convinced that that is a mindset shift that has to happen in our industry because when it does, everybody does better. The brokers, the franchise owners, the, the, you know, the syndicators, the mortgage companies, the title companies, the inspectors. It all starts with you guys. You're the most important thing in this industry. So don't be, please, don't think for a second, even if you're a brand-new licensee, that you're a peon. You're not. You are the most important thing to residential real estate sales. Diatribe ended. So, Julie, go ahead with your story. Sorry. Okay. Well, and remember, the brokers are going to benefit by their agents being better anyway. So by helping the agents, we're helping the brokers, too. It just, you know, always trickles through. Um, all right. So we ended last week with point number 11, and I have a story, real-world coaching story, that is a great segue to bridge that gap, about point number 11, which is to door-knock the expireds who do not have phone numbers obvious in the MLS or Red X or Warnocks or uh, Lead Senders, whatever system you're using, you're going to have 30 to 50% of the time no phone numbers. And a lot of agents like to whine and complain, oh, there's no phone numbers. Remember, point number 11 is, that's fantastic. You should thank the real estate gods every day you have expires with no phone numbers. Why? Because your job is to door knock the ones that don't have phone numbers. Nobody else is talking to them. So real world story, one of my great coaching clients in Virginia Beach, Tom is his name, and he door knocks, he does point number 11. He takes action on that. He door knocks the expireds that don't have phone numbers. Now, he doesn't do all of them, let's be honest. He cherry picks the ones that are in his favorite three or four different markets, especially areas where he's already had listings, he's got some name recognition there. It makes sense for him to cherry pick these certain price ranges in neighborhoods. So he door knocks them with pre-listing packet in hand, highlighting his three USPs that he's learned through coaching, his unique selling propositions, which remember, a USP is what makes you different. And a lot of you guys don't prospect the way you should because you can't yet competently answer that question without sounding like all of your competition. So that's what coaching is about. Tom has really taken to that and has created his pre-listing packet using all of our specific instructions that we give through coaching. He has his three USPs ready to go, and if they're not home, he leaves it in a nice package for them on their doorstep if they, with a handwritten note. If they are home, guess what happens? Okay, real-world story first door he door knocked last week, they invited him in. 
They said, yes, actually, I'm so glad you're here. I didn't know what my next step was. Yes, my home expired. I have to sell it. And basically, it was a cry for help. He took the listing on the spot. Now, Tom came to his coaching call saying, I can't believe this happened. <laughs> okay? And so I shared with him, you know, this really only happens to agents that prospect consistently. It doesn't happen to people who dabble in this. It happened to him because he took action and went to the door, because the seller let him in, had a need, and because Tom was able to competently answer that question, what makes you different, with a great pre-listing packet in hand. So i got to say, the level of confidence that Tom has now versus back when he started is night and day. So door knocking expired is no longer an issue for him. Well, Julie, you're motivating me actually to tell a story that is true from our own business back when you and I first started working for Sale by Owners. So just to let you guys know how little the industry changes, it did, I mean, all, I would say a vast majority of all the concepts that are being flung about now as new ideas, they have been around for, you know, I mean, Julie and I are watching something that happened at one of the Inman conferences, this big debate about teams and videos, and all these people are throwing around these ideas and, and acting like there were new ideas that, you know, they had thought of. Mickey Mouse, okay? These conversations were happening all the way back in really the late 80s and early 90s. There really has been no thinking, no new thinking, very little new thinking from uh, of anything that's going to benefit the agent in probably 25 to 30 years. That's the truth. The concepts that a lot of you guys are embracing are old, and for the most part they're outdated and they don't work, or they don't work as well as they used to. Times have changed. The market's changed. Expectations of consumers has changed. You know, so the question is, is, are you following an old sort of an antiquated system, or are you really essentially embracing the opportunities this market has to present? So for sale by owners, when Julie and I um, first started selling real estate, a lot of you guys know that we sold over 100 houses our first year. This was about 20 years ago. I remember that I was standing in like Home Depot or a hardware store. I don't really clearly remember where. I remember. And I was buying, yeah, I was buying some sort of. <laughs> this will be. This kind of funny to say. But I was buying a dial lock box because guys, we used to use dial lock boxes. Oh, you know, no. those of you who are Back grizzled veterans. That's right. Before Supra was even, you know, Supra was the name of a Toyota. So before right. Super lock boxes even came around, we would use these dial lock boxes. So when you took a listing, you had to go out and buy a dial lock box. We just got our real estate licenses. You know, essentially we're in our first year, and we had to go buy some dial lock boxes. So I'm standing at the hardware store, picking some dial lock boxes off the, you know, out of the bin, as it were. And I noticed there's this guy that's essentially there in the same exact section, and he's buying his lock box and he's buying his for sale by owner sign. Okay, so remember, new agent. You know, first for sale by owner. So let's just take a sidestep here. I had been told, Julie had been told, everyone in our office told us, everyone online will tell you that for sale by owners, quote, unquote, eat their young. <laughs> right? Yeah, evil. They're for, awful. You don't want to deal with yeah, them. Avoid them like a plague. I mean, guys, when is the last time you heard any agent in particular say anything positive about a for sale by owner? It's almost funny to say that, isn't it? But it's true. And yet, here was a dude standing like six feet from me who I knew had to sell his house or at least had wanted to sell his house, and he's going through the efforts of being a for sale by owner, despite the fact that I had been told that we had read that the conventional wisdom was for sale by owners, you know, are just the worst people. They're unmotivated. They hate agents. They're, they're commission cutters. They don't want to pay us anything, right? How many of you unmotivated, are unmotivated, overpriced? All of these excuses. That's right. So, how many of you are telling? How many of you tell yourself these types of stories? 
about their sale by owners, about expireds, about, I mean, fill in the blank. It's incredible the amount of Mickey Mouse that floats around in our brain that was given to us under the guise of friendly, useful advice. And all the while, it was just basically stuff that was essentially railroading our success. So, you know, I'm standing next to this guy, and I say to myself, you know what, I'm not going to let this guy walk away. So I start a conversation up with him. And here's, I don't remember the exact conversation, but the gist of it was, is that, you know, he and his wife had decided that they want to move to closer to family or whatever. They were definitely moving out of state. And um, they had decided to put their house for sale themselves. And in conversation, he said, yeah, we were going to try to put it for sale ourselves for like a month. And then, you know, if we can't sell it ourselves, then we were going to list it with an agent. Hmm, light bulb. So, right, this is the guy's level of motivation. Had to sell was going to list it with an agent. And so I asked him this question. I hope you all are paying attention. This is a Tim and Julie Harris real estate coaching script. You can have it for free. Write it down. Remember it. Mr. Seller, let me ask you a real quick question. If there was a way that I could sell this house, net you the same, if not more, than you could net yourself. And Mr. Seller, I would take care of all the inspection issues, all the showings, all the realtor scheduling, all the feedback requests, deal with all the closing issues, the mortgage issues, all the appraisal issues, all the potential attorney issues, all the stuff and all the dozens of people that are part of every real estate transaction. And the check that I hand you at closing was the same, if not more, than the check you'd be able to essentially generate yourself by selling the house, trying to sell the house yourself. Mr. Seller, why wouldn't you list the house with me? I'm sure I wasn't that elegant and when I was asking him that question in the middle of Home Depot, but it was, that was the gist of it. And his answer was, well, I guess if you can do all those things, I would list the house with you. And guess what? Later that day, Julie and I listed the house. It was that simple. We just asked him. Now, that's an example, going back to what I was talking about before, of someone who had his hand up in the air and said, come list me. I need your help. And I said, I'm willing to help. And I put myself out there. He could have said, no, I'm not interested, but he didn't. He was really nice, and most people are. 99.9% of all the folks. That's Yeah, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but that is a very common response to my clients that do prospect for sale by owners, particularly the first, you know, second, third time that they go out and they get serious about it. They always come to the call in shock, right, because of what you said, just like you felt when he was a nice guy based on what we all hear about for sale by owners. They always say the same thing, I can't believe how nice they were to me because well, their expectation would, was so screwed up. Well, what would be the real reason why uh, agents would be fearful of actually making that communication, that contact? It's because they don't know what to say. But more importantly, right. they don't know what to say if the seller says fill in the blank, right? So you guys don't make these contacts. You don't make these communications. You spend all this money foolishly. You spend all this money foolishly buying leads because you – are uncomfortable with what to say and what order to say it and what to say if they say this. If the seller says, for example, well, I'm sure I could sell this house myself, okay, this, is when, this would have been a real thing a for sale by owner would have said to me, okay? So I'm going to role play this with myself. You know what, Tim? I'm going to, I'm going to sell this house myself because I'm going to save the commission, okay? That's fine. This is what I would have said. Mr. Seller, you know what? If I didn't have a real estate license, I would probably think the same thing. Because frankly, in this day and age, you have got to do whatever it takes to put the most money in your pocket from every real estate sale. I totally understand where you're coming from. But Mr. Seller, here's a thought for you. According to, if I remember correctly, it was Keller University. You guys can research this yourself. According to Keller University, the average for sale by owner nets 8% less on their home sale than a house listed with an agent. Can I tell you why? 
And he'd say, why? It's an exposure thing, Mr. Seller. I want you to think about it. So far, you've, you've, let's just say you've had your house for sale for, what, two weeks. What types of buyers have you attracted? And then he would have said, well, I haven't gotten that many calls, or maybe he wouldn't have said anything if he's being coy. And I'll say, then I'd answer the question myself. Most cases for sale by owners are going to attract the buyers who can't get financing, so they're looking for owner financing. You're going to attract the investors. You're going to attract the all-cash buyers who are looking to basically do a quick flip at your expense. You're going to attract all the types of buyers that the agents won't work with. I want you to think about this. In your price range, Mr. Seller, the prob- let's say it's a move-up price range, the probability is that the, age- or the buyer that you're searching for has a current house to sell. It makes sense, right? Yeah, it makes sense. So that means there's an excellent chance the agent, I'm sorry, that the buyer who would be buying your house is listing their property right now with an agent. And because it doesn't cost anything to work with an agent when you're purchasing a property, that means that that seller, who now is a buyer, is also going to be working with the listing agent of their current house. Does that make sense? So if I'm a listing agent who's working with a seller as on the buyer side of the transaction now, and I'm thinking, okay, where, what properties am I going to show my prospective buyer? I'm probably not going to spend a lot of time looking in Craigslist for properties for sale. As a buyer's agent, for the most part, you guys know this. It's the MLS or a couple builders or maybe some pocket listings or your broker has some you know, pre-marketing stuff, that type of stuff. That's what you expose your buyers to, not a for sale by owner. And so if you explain that to the, to the seller who's the for sale by owner, you'll see a light bulb goes off in their head where they realize that they're not getting the exposure to the best buyers. If you're in a market where there's a lot of relocation, like where Julie and I were working when we sold real estate in New Albany, Ohio, then it's even more relevant. Mr. Seller, here's the simple fact. A majority of the buyers in houses in our community are relocating. And when relocating, they what? They get assigned to a relocation agent. The relocation agent costs them nothing. The relocation agent is usually strongly suggested to them from the relocation company that's affiliated with their, their employer. So, in other words, it is a fixed relationship. Where is the motivation for that buyer's agent to show that relocating family a for sale by owner when there's maybe 10 other houses that are also for sale that also fit their needs? So you're putting yourself at a huge disadvantage, and statistically, Mr. Seller, you're putting yourself at a financial loss of approximately 7 to 8% when you try to sell the house yourself. Okay? You, there's three or four different ways you can explain this to a seller, but statistically, guys, that's the truth, that when a house is listed, it does sell for more, and more than enough to cover the cost of listing with a broker versus if they try to sell it themselves. Now, some of you... I realize it's a majority, I'm sorry, a minority of you, but some of you right now have a light bulb going off. Like the first time Julie and I did 20-some years ago when we had someone explain this process to us. It will change the trajectory of your careers. It will change the trajectory of your life. Just that little 10-minute back and forth I just did with myself because you get it. Because now you're thinking, oh, my God, Tim and Julie just gave me a really kick-ass script to start going after for sale by owners in such a way that that for sale by owner really is going to have to list the property with me unless they're nuts. By the way, getting back to that script I gave you beforehand where I was saying, Mr. Seller, if I can sell the house, for, you know, basically take care of all this, that, and the check I hand you at closing is at least the amount that you get selling it yourself. Remember that script? 
if they still say, after you go through all that with them, if they still say, well, I, I, just, I still wouldn't listen to with agents because, you know, agents are whatever. Again, you'll get maybe one out of 20 that are just crazy. You just smile and you walk away because they are nuts. And you don't have to right. work with nuts, right? And you're going to run into nuts. You know, the yeah, more but you know what? Oppor- it's not every for sale by owner. It is so the minority. Maybe, I, in our experience, maybe one in 20 were like that. And you, you know, guys Julie, like when to we get yourself as everybody. <laughs> when not. we get asked, when we get asked, or we ask one of our top producing superstars, why is it that you guys, you know, are so successful versus everyone else in your marketplace that seems to be struggling realtor wise? You know, you guys think that the answer is because they're smarter. You think it's because they have some sort of access to information you don't have. You think it's because they have relationships with companies and people. They basically are you know, gaming the system some way. None of those things are 100% true. They might be partially true, but they're not 100% true. The difference is, is they're willing to have conversations with folks using tried and true scripts and processes that other people aren't. They're willing to approach the guy at the Home Depot. Okay? They're willing to do the things that other people aren't willing to do. And remember, the first law of lasting wealth creation is what? Doing what other people won't do, what other people don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Or put it a different way, doing what you don't want to do, when you don't want to do it at the highest level. Opposed to walking away from the guy buying the for sale by owner sign. Or how about, how many for sale by owner signs have you driven by in the past six months? How many expired listings have you seen in the past six months where you haven't actually done anything with them? That's the difference. The guy who's making a million dollars a year selling homes, he doesn't let those opportunities get by him or her ever. And you get to let them get by you all the time. In other words, it is a rare, rare, rare occasion when they drive by a for sale by owner sign without at least driving the phone number down, calling them within an hour, let alone knocking on their door. So, in other words, they don't let opportunities get by them, where a majority of the agents are just the opposite. It's a rare, rare, rare occasion where they actually let, or essentially don't let an opportunity get by them. So they let opportunities get by them constantly. Oh, the rich person, they're lucky. They had opportunities that I didn't have. No, they, they seized, in many cases, the same opportunities that you were given. You just didn't take them. That's the difference. There is no difference. Well, Tim, between, I think there's a big difference between agents who drive by a FISBO and make a story up in their mind about it versus yes. agents who go to the door and find out what the story is. Yes, exactly. So the moral of the story here, guys, is when you find yourself feeling a little repugnant about prospecting over the phone or putting yourself directly in front of potential sellers, it's only because subconsciously you're fearful of the rejection. And the fear of rejection comes from the lack of preparedness. That's it. That's it. That's fixable. If you, That's fortunate. It's fixable. If you know what to say, if you know how to say it, and you have the presentations to back you up afterwards, you win every time. So, Julie, let's get to the point that you were about to make. I'm sorry. All right, you got it. So we left off, and guys, remember, this is a continuation of last week's call. So that's why we're starting with point number 12. And this is all about making more money with less pain to you and less expenditure to you through different types of prospecting. So number 12, have a dedicated prospecting area that includes a standing desk, so you can keep your energy level up, a headset, a wireless phone, scripts on your wall, 
goals that you've set by using your real estate treasure map, so realestatetreasuremap.com, unless you're one of our coaching clients, in which case it is included for you, pictures of things that motivate you, and a mirror so that you can show that you are animated. See, if you see that you're smiling and you see you're walking around and you look like somebody that you would want to list with, you're far more likely to actually set those appointments versus Let's be honest, look around your, your office, your home office, your regular office right now, even your car. What does that look like? Does it look like a dollar productive area? Does it look like a money-making office? Or is it a rat's nest of McDonald's bags and old files and bits and pieces of HUD statements and various different things? If we were to do a surprise pop-in, which, by the way, we have an idea for a TV show to develop about that, <laughs> where we yep. surprise you on any day of the week, any time of the day, then we walk into your office. First of all, would you be there? And secondly, if you are, what is the condition we would find your alleged working environment in? Are there goat paths through past files? Or does this look like a butt-kicking, money-making, ready-to-rumble office where you are making money and achieving or surpassing your goals. And if it's not that, what are the steps that you have to take between now and making it that? And when you're one of my coaching clients, I literally make you send me a before and after picture so that I'm sure you get it done. So what's it point look like now? And what does it look like when it's done? Go ahead, Tim. Point number 13, have a prospecting ritual. Prospect every day at the same time. It's as critical as an appointment. Now, a prospecting ritual would include, for example, exercising beforehand, reading your um, affirmations if you use affirmations, at least viewing your goal board. And all of our personal coaching students, you know what we're talking about. Sometimes a lot of you guys will want to do lead follow-up calls ahead of time as part of your prospecting ritual. Others of you will want to basically do role-playing with another one of our coaching students so you can get your mind in the right place. When you're actually in the momentum of making these phone calls, it becomes much easier if you've kind of gotten yourself up to speed with what has to happen. Uh, jumping jacks are a great idea. Another little secret, and this kind of goes back to what Julia was saying as, as far as your prospecting environment, definitely, definitely be standing. Be walking. Don't be sitting when you're prospecting. There is no question that your energy level will be high if you're prospecting standing or if you're prospecting walking. So how would you do that? The way you do it is quite simple. Have the scripts on the wall with the objection handlers on the wall. And so when you're walking around with your phone and your cordless headset, and I'll tell you the one that Julie and I have been using forever, it is made by Panasonic, and um, it's got a, it's a, a nice two-line phone, and then you have to get match it to the Panasonic headset. Now, all this stuff is very inexpensive. So when you're walking around, and I'm on that very setup right now, if I walked, if I was prospecting and my auto dialer, my Vulcan 7 or my lead sender's auto dialer connected with me and expired, I'd know right wire to walk up on my board and I'm going to see the script in front of me and I'm going to read it as the seller is on the other phone with me, uh, on the other end of the phone with me. I'm going to go through the script. I'm going to determine motivation. I'm going to set the appointment. Or rather, I'm going to set the appointment. I'm going to determine motivation. Then I'm going to go through the rest of my uh, new listing checklist. Send the pre-listing pack, confirm the appointment, all the other things we teach you to do. The point is it's all in front of you. It's not a secret. I hate launch plans that are inside your computer. I just do. Okay? I hate the fact that there's so many of you who think that you can somehow magically store stuff away on your notebook and it's going to be as powerful as being posted on a wall. It won't be. Those of you who are doing it that way, you're doing it to hide. Take your dryer, take, again, part of the real estate treasure map. 
take the uh, you know listings board, your leads board, put them all on dry erase boards, put them in front of you so you can't hide from them. Tim, I use everything on an iPad or an iPhone, and I have everything organized using this software or that software. Mickey Mouse, you're making things too complicated. You're wasting too much time. You're wasting too much money. Your job is to what? List houses, help people sell their homes, help buyers find homes, not to learn how to be a CRM expert. So many of you have gotten essentially convinced that you have to spend a lot of money and take a lot of time before you can be a successful realtor. It is a bunch of crap. All you need is scripts, a phone, a listing presentation, pre-qualifying scripts, listing paperwork, disclosure statements, agency forms. That's it. All this other stuff, it comes down the road or never. That's the truth, down the road or never. I put a great video on our blog, realestateinsidernews.com, um, about Mark Cuban, who you guys know is the owner of the Mavericks and also a billionaire. He was a billionaire before he was the owner of the Mavericks, but that aside. And he talks about the very mistakes that small business owners make, and that's one of them, you know, leading with, not leading with revenue. So that's a whole different conversation. So next point, Julie. All right, so next point, moving on, we have point number 14, practice a media-free morning to keep your mind clear. So, Tim, what is a media-free morning? What does that mean? It's simple. A lot of you, again, start your days, and we used to do this too. It's very easy to make this mistake. And, and I'll tell you, this change happened after September 11th. After Sept September 11th, many of us became addicted to CNN, right? We became addicted to the next headline. Remember Wolf Blitzer and, oh, my God, Wolf Blitzer is breaking in with a new report about whatever. Well, after that, what happened is a lot of our brains got rewired into believing that, A, the news needed to be listened to, and, B, that whatever they had to say was anything other than really crappy entertainment. The reality of it is, is the media that we are being exposed to every single day is killing brain cells, killing motivation, absolutely ruining your mindset. So our challenge to all of you, and if you're feeling chronically depressed or if you're feeling chronically like you have no motivation, aside from health reasons, I would almost guarantee you that every single one of you are suffering from overexposure to garbage media. The first thing, the easiest thing, the most effective thing for you to do is go cold turkey, do it for a day. Challenge yourself, do it for a day. Do it for two days, do it for a week, do it for a month. Make it a new lifestyle. No media. Julie, no media. Oh, my God. How am I going to stay? What? what? Sounds what like a relief. No media? <laughs> I feel peaceful <laughs> exactly. just thinking about it. <laughs> well, it means that you have to come to terms with the fact that if something major is happening in the world, you're going to hear about it in line at Starbucks. You do not have to be glued to the TV. So some of you guys are not doing a great job controlling what goes into your head and so as soon as you wake up, before you even get in your car to go to work or show a house to a buyer or go on a listing presentation, your mindset is being affected by what you're stuffing in there. So go cold turkey on the media. That means no news programs in the morning, not even newspapers, nothing. You control how your day is going to go from the beginning you open your eyes. So if you're a chronic snooze button pusher, that's where it begins then it progresses to what you're putting in your head. So listen to affirmations. Listen to our radio show on replay. Do your listing presentation. Call your accountability partners. Review your scripts. Take control of how your day is supposed to go, and you'll see a huge difference versus being like a ping pong ball back and forth between radio and you know, your email and your voicemail and the you know, CNN and all this kind of stuff. Because I get news for you. 
there's really not a lot of inspirational news out there. When was the last time you stopped watching the evening news and said, God, that was a great show? Well, it's been been, since 9-11, but go ahead. It's been proven that people are addicted to bad news. There's something that happens in our brains, and you and I have read this today in Psychology Today, Julie. There's something happening in our brains when we read news that scares us. There's a little release of some chemical that makes you feel fear, and you get addicted to that. That's a fact. So people are just addicted to shit news, basically. They're addicted to crappy news. They're addicted to scary. They're addicted to who's going to get me next. They're addicted to all of that. And that's really, really a destroyer of pretty much everything that you hold dear. Because then what happens is you basically start living small. You start thinking about, oh, my God, I have to you know, focus all my energies on building my walls taller, and I can't be putting myself out there, and what if they get me? And you know, all these other, other forms of insanity that are so pervasive in our society right now, I don't think the media is the cause of it, but they're definitely fanning the flames. The media is definitely making money from it. It's not a liberal or a conservative or whatever else perspective. It's just a fact. It's all crap. So do yourself a favor. Certainly don't listen to it or watch it or consume it in any form, online, anywhere else, in the morning. And absolutely, positively, please stop watching, reading, listening to any news before you go to bed. Think about that. How important is it that you start your day with the right mindset and end your day with the right mindset? How critical is it that you don't poison your brain to all that garbage at the most important parts of your day? Common sense, isn't it, guys? So do what no one else will do, i.e. purge all forms of media from your life, and then you'll be absolutely stunned and amazed how much quicker you feel better. I want all of you to take that challenge and give me some direct feedback for those of you who are actually ready to take your business and personal lives to the next level and send me an email after you've done it for a day, a week, a month. I promise you it will be the single most remarkable thing you've probably ever experienced. It really is that toxic to you and your future. Next point, Jules. Point number 15, have accountability partners who are doing more production than you are, not less. And, Tim, I can remember back to some of our original people, you know, back before, you know, coaching was what it is now. We used to go and shadow top producers across the country because that was kind of old school coaching back then who were doing dramatically more than we were instead of hanging out with some of the people in our office that were just – quite frankly, some of them kind of creepy, wondering what was going on there, right? And, yeah. and that's not your fault. You can't control who's in your own office. You could switch offices perhaps. But su- surround yourself by people who are doing not a little bit more than you, but significantly more than you. And don't try and reinvent the wheel. That's why you have coaching now. That's why we share these stories. Be like Tom in Virginia Beach. You don't have to reinvent the wheel and overthink the expired script. Just do what he does. Use the pre-listing packet we've taught you. Use the unique selling propositions that are in the pre-listing pack. Do what Tom does. Go to the door. Door knock them. Don't overthink. Don't surround yourself by people who tell you crazy things like Fizbo's eat their young. Follow those who have come before through our coaching program. You know, a lot of coaching, Tim, is saving them from a nasty learning curve by learning the hard way, the costly way, and having to regroup and reset all the time. 
Oh, hold on, Julie. I need to go to the conference in Denver or the conference in oh. Austin, or I need to go to the con- I need to go to the, the the local Mickey Mouse coaches showing up at the Holiday Inn in the basement, and I uh-huh. need to go and have that watered down coffee and sit in that windowless room for a whole day. Just to no, you don't stop Let's doing talk that. To somebody who has to sell their house, wouldn't that be better? Stop wasting your time. Stop looking for the silver bullet. Stop being an idiot. Actually take action on the things that you already know will put you in a position to help people and make money. Yeah, and you know, if you guys have trainers that come to you and they say it's okay to take two out of four listing presentations you go on, they're telling you it's okay to fail. Yeah, I know. How is that okay? Jules, we'll, we'll get back to we'll get back to our next point. We're going to take a yep. real quick break so Julie and I okay. can have some tea. And remember, guys, you can call in and uh, speak directly to us at three four seven eight five seven one one nine five, or email que- uh, your question to questions at realestatecoachingradio.com. And we'll be back after this very short break. Everyone knows that real estate coaching can be expensive. Most coaching companies charge $1,000 a month and demand that you sign a long-term, ball-and-chain, 12-month contract. But what if there was a proven system that gave you the essentials to almost guarantee your real estate success? The marketing and lead generation systems, centers of influence and past client systems, business systems, scripts, and presentations, everything you need to dominate your real estate market. Real Estate Coaching Essentials is that system, and it's affordable for every agent who's ready to take their business to the next level. For a limited time, Tim and Julie Harris are offering this award-winning program for only $197 a month. You can enroll right now and receive the first seven days for free. That's right. Enroll today and take the next seven days to have complete access to everything you need to build a successful real estate business. Get started today at agentcoachingsecrets.com. Again, that's agentcoachingsecrets.com. Okay, Julie, we're going on to point number 15, and we'll go through these next couple points relatively quick because they're pretty self-explanatory. Number 15, have accountability partners who are doing more production than you are. In other words, surround yourself with people that are further down the road than you to Julie's point prior to the break, she was essentially saying, why bother trying to create the road yourself? Why bother trying to waste time learning from your own mistakes? I think it was an old Chinese proverb. If not, then Julie and I made this up. <laughs> but it goes something like this. A smart man learns from his mistakes. A brilliant man learns from the mistakes of others. That is what coaching will allow you to do. Avoid the mistakes. Earn faster. Learn faster. Then the next point, point number 16, and this one's critical as well. Track your results. This is something that we work on all of our coaching clients with. How many contacts did you make? How many appointments did you set? How many appoint, you know, how many uh, of those uh, did you actually take? How many of those did you actually sell? We work on we work every single day with all of you focusing in on how to make little small improvements. When you're first getting started in business, it's easy to feel like you hit a home run. Like the Fisbo scripts I was giving you earlier today, if you we're listening, and you wrote those down, and you go and knock on a FISBO or call for sale by owner today, and you take a listing. For you, that is a home run. You just did something spectacular. But as you earn more money, as you grow your business, 
get into the mindset of having it be good to get a base hit opposed to a home run. A base hit is making it so that for every 10 contacts opposed to essentially setting six appointments, you're now setting seven. Tiny little incremental improvement adds up, and you do those in several different, you know, at the same time you're getting better at your presentation. At the same time, you're getting better at your pre-qualification skills. At the same time, you're getting better at other little things. Then all this little series of base hits, what happens, guys? They, guys, they add up to a home run. That's how it works. So well, again, it's a heck of a lot more start- fun, you know, to keep track of that. One of the challenges that I throw out to my coaching clients is once they've got a, a, a decent level of skill, they don't have to be perfect in anything, I throw out the nope. challenge to see how fast can you set your next qualified appointment. Can you do it before noon? Tomorrow? All right, they did it before noon. Can you do it before 11? It has to be a qualified appointment. Because what does that do? That sharpens the razor. Now you're going to close harder. You're going to dial faster. You're going to make up less stories about who you're calling. You're going to be more organized the night before. I think that people have a natural tendency to be competitive, Tim. And I think this, all you have to do is watch how people drive on the freeway, right? It's just (laughs) unacceptable to be right next to each other, right? Somebody's always got to be out ahead. Somebody's always got to be passing. So if you can tap into your own natural competitive nature, not with the agent next to you, but with yourself, improving in increments, that's a win. You know, for those of you who have been driving past that FISBO sign, stopping in front of the house and getting their brochure out of the sign, that's a mini win. Going up the door is a win. Door knocking them is a win. Shaking their hand, introducing yourself, that's a win. You don't have to jump right to having to have victory all the time in everything you do, but track how you're doing so that you know how to improve. And remember, perfect is the enemy of done, and done is the goal. So, you know, if you're trying to use the excuse that you have to be perfect at everything before you actually take action, trust me when I tell you that is not sustainable. That will not work. You have to take action. Learn as you, you know, we always say learn as you earn, and that's the truth. Learn as you earn. Do opposed to waiting for you to feel comfortable. You'll feel comfortable in the doing. Analyticals out there, that's going to be your greatest challenge because you have this propensity to want to play the music perfectly before you'll play it publicly, even though none of the people listening will know whether or not you're playing the right notes or not. That's a fact. Uh, Julie, are you there? That is a fact. Can you hear me? Are you there? Okay, so Julie, are you there? All right, so the next point that I wrote down is do not delegate your prospecting to a virtual assistant, a personal assistant, or buyer's agents. Your number one job as a salesperson is to set appointments. So I'm going to say that again. Your number one job as a buyer's, or I sorry, as a listing agent is to set appointments. That's one thing you'll never, ever, ever, ever want to delegate if you want to run a truly profitable business. So That means that even when you're selling, if your desire is to sell hundreds of houses per year, your number one focus every single day is generating new business and then obviously pre-qualifying and then going on appointments. It's really that simple. Don't be confused about that. Don't think that it's your goal to somehow have a business where somebody else does the lead generation for you so you can go play golf or sit on a beach. Is it possible that you could have somebody in place that does that type of work for you? Yes. Our coaching client, Chris Heller in San Diego, who's the vice president of Keller Williams International, uh, we've coached many of his agents and his team. You know, he has people that prospect for him. But 
the net that he's going to make from those transactions, considering all those other people he's got to pay, not to mention the inefficiency that comes from having to hire three people or five people that are as efficient as him doing it himself. Guys, think about that. If your goal is to make net profit from your real estate business, doing it yourself is the secret. So it's very basic. Why do a lot of agents not want to do it themselves? Because they have been told bad information. They've been convinced that their way to real estate riches is through building a team, delegating everything so you can go pick the lint out of your toes. That's insanity. Your focus should be quite simply turning the most profit from your real estate practice as you possibly can, as quick as you can, and not putting that money into action for you. Your goal, again, is off every transaction to pull at least 10% off the top, then 20, then 30, then as much as you can as you pay off debt. Get out of the industry or at least have the option of getting out of the industry in five years or ten years. Now, some of you are going to stay in the industry forever, and that's wonderful. But in the meantime, if you have the mindset that I'm going to retire out of real estate in five years because I'm going to produce enough passive income for myself from non-real estate-related assets, in other words, rental properties. And when I say non-real estate-related assets, I mean not from your practice, not from selling and buying houses, but from your own non you know, things that are not tied to your real estate business, you put those things in place to produce enough income for you to cover all of your personal overhead every single month. Hello, you have just achieved being wealthy, if not rich, okay, depending on how much money you're generating. The fact is you no longer have to work. Your money is working for you, which is the very definition of what is rich. Rich is when your money is working for you and you no longer have to work for your money. You can invest in other businesses. You can do all kinds of different things. But the fact is, is if you think that your goal is to build a team that works for you so you can go, you know, do something else, all the while you're still dependent on that income, that is not going to be any kind of sustainable, long-lasting formula that's going to lead to any wealth accumulation. I know very few people who have followed that old model of building this big team and trying to delegate everything and have ended up wealthy. Very, very few people. I know a lot of people who say they have, who claim they have, but they haven't. The truth is that they haven't. So think about this. Use common sense. If you can create a passive income for yourself to cover all of your personal overhead plus every single month from the profit you made from selling houses, isn't that really why you got into this industry? Wouldn't you love to walk, wake up in the morning and from you know in, have income come into your your PayPal inbox or your or into your mailbox that wasn't tied to a buyer or seller? How does that make you feel? Just having that concept, that thought in your head, it's kind of exciting, isn't it? So, Julie, we have three or four trailing points. I think we'll cover these at the top of tomorrow's show. Sounds so, guys, good. we had some technical we had some technical issues today uh, today during today's show, but that's only because there's so many more of you that are actually calling in and listening nowadays than we are um, than we are expecting. And a lot of you are listening to this and uh, and to replay. But nonetheless, hopefully, you got a lot out of this information on today's call. We really appreciate all of you regular listeners. Remember, your homework is to simply share with at least ten other agents what you learned from today's radio show, or at the very least, email them, tweet them, Facebook, let us, help us get the word out about what we're trying to do to help agents. We're the only agent-centric coaching company there is out there. Our focus is on you. Our focus is on doing what's best for you so we can get you into action helping people and making money, and we'll talk to you tomorrow morning.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.